0: And who is ready to be petty? Welcome back to another episode of RTBP and happy 2022. I am so glad you're here and I hope you're having a great start to the new year. I hope you had the best hauls you've ever had. (laughs) I spent time at home. It was like minus 28 and I did absolutely nothing, but I will discuss that little sneak peek for this week in Betty. I'm doing a solo episode today, but I have amazing guests line up for all of January and some through February. If there's anyone from my life, from the pod, from Instagram or TikTok that you want me to talk to, let me know and I will reach out to them. Okay, let's get into it. Today, I'm going to give you some quick takes of things that are going on in pop culture right now. And then I'm going to discuss Emily in Paris season two. My recap slash rant about Emily in Paris season one was, I believe, the most listened to episode of 2020. So here's (laughs) here's hoping for 2021. Maybe we can capture that same magic. I'm also going to talk about Sailing Tampa season one and then end off with a This Week in Petty. So my quick takes. The new Hulu trailer for The Kardashians came out on December 31st. Of course, they like dropped it then and it was like huge, at least in my life. For those of you that don't know, that is the new name of the keeping up with the Kardashians Hulu version did you think that they were gonna do something more original than just like the Kardashians or do you think that they can I don't know just like keep it simple they can just use their last name because they're the Kardashians I just thought that, you know, it would like hint to what the show is about, but the trailer, and when I say trailer I mean the 30 second clip that Hulu dropped was literally the exact trailer, I swear to God, for seasons like 18 to 20 of Keeping Up. Friend of the Pod, Dana, messaged me and said, like, what's the difference? And I was like, literally nothing except for that it's on Hulu. Like, it looked the exact same. They were wearing, like, full beige outfits. I was going to (laughs) say, I was going to say, like, beat to the heavens or something. God you know that I've been watching too many like YouTube makeup tutorials and like drag queens that that was the first thing that came to my mind but like yeah full beat of (laughs) now I'm like my mom listens to this beat is makeup Like a full face of makeup, full hair. Obviously, like, why would they not be? <laughs> this is the Kardashians. I don't know why I'm saying this, but it's just like beige high heels, beige outfits. Kendall was in black, which was weird. And then just like, you know, they're fucking fake hair extensions. And then they're just, I don't know, all pieced together, standing in a line. And they're just like, welcome back, or like, we're back, bitches, or something like that. And Courtney looks pissed. Chris looks fucking delighted. And like, I kind of love I do like I hate her but also love her because she just like doesn't care that she I don't know. I feel like she's such an evil genius but she also doesn't care when she like looks ridiculous or like earnest or just like happy I guess that something like big is happening I don't know. she never plays it cool that's what I'm trying to say is Kris Jenner never plays it cool she probably does in business meetings but like whenever she's like hyping something she just doesn't play it cool the look on her face is just like so classic so like whatever good for her Kim Chloe, Kylie like looks the same Kylie's super prego and it's like the same music it's the same lighting the same color scheme like just literally everything that E was putting out there so I'm just so confused like is the show the exact fucking same and why didn't they just stick with e i guess probably money but i'm still just confused at why they left e to do hulu like something that a lot of people don't have like i know that it's gonna be streamed on something else in canada but like in canada we straight up don't have hulu unless you use like a vpn or like some fucking computer science shit to change your location or whatever I just picture like a Disney Channel hacker shit to get a Hulu in Canada so it's like It just seems weird to me like it seems like it would be a smaller audience and I know the show never did super well like in the last like five years and I know that it's a reason it's the way that they control the narrative of the stories but I just I don't get why they would switch to Hulu so maybe we'll find out but maybe we won't maybe we'll never know. I know that they were taping Courtney and Travis's engagement there was like tons of cameras there So, I know that that will be shown, but I have no idea what else is going to be shown on the TV show. I'm guessing Kylie's pregnancy stuff, but she was pretty, obviously, private with her last one, so I have no idea. And I realized this was supposed to be my quick takes, and it's getting long, so that's all I have to say next episode that's dropping next Sunday I'm gonna be talking to a very special guest and we're gonna cover the true slash stormy photoshop incident Travis and Kylie returning to social media to Instagram and then I'll get her takes on this trailer as well so come back next week for all that good tea Next story, Matthew asked me to talk about Michael A. and Amanda Klutz possibly dating. And... michael a was from bachelorette i believe katie thurston season that i like very scantily watched i don't know if that was the word i was looking for but like very infrequently watched and then amanda klutz i forgot where she's from she was on dancing with the stars but obviously she would be from something before that so i was like okay them going out to dinner and like also they were like, oh, we're just friends like hanging out. So that was like kind of weird. So I don't know if they're like actually a confirmed couple or they're doing a little soft launch of their relationship. But I was like, Uh are they like clout chasey? Because Michael A was like, I'm a dad widow and I don't wanna like I don't need the spotlight, but I'm on the bachelorette. Like I know that everyone was like fucking obsessed with him and I've literally never heard him speak. So I have zero like literally how dare I say this shit what I'm about to say but it's like I don't know. Everyone goes on the bachelorette for some type of like fame or for some type of I don't know clout. The line is, oh, I just did it for the adventure, but it's like, okay, but you didn't have to go on a fucking publicized adventure. Like just move to like fucking Australia for a year or something like that. Like, I just don't get, I know that you have to like keep up the facade of the bachelor, but like when everyone's like he's too good to be true, I'm like, I don't know, he like still went on the bachelor. Anyways. So I was like, like, this is kind of clout chasey or the that was like the little devil on my shoulder. The angel on my shoulder was like, well, if they're in this kind of like influencer world together, you know, it's nice to bond with a partner about like a similar work experience or family experience or blah, 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 whatever that is for you. So I was like, maybe... That's it. So, that was a little angel on my shoulder. I looked it up to get the facts straight about this couple or rumored couple, and I found out that both of their spouses died in like the last two fucking years. So, I changed my opinion real quick. I was like, oh, this is bad, bad. Like, this isn't like not bad. This is bad. (laughs) So, anyways, wish them all the best. I would actually love if they found love together. And just hope you're well hope your 2022 is going great be well all the best warm regards from me and the entire RTBP community next quick take and just like that I am on episode five now that is the most recent episode that has come out and everyone went absolutely bananas it has definitely ramped up like it was like the first two episodes rocked your fucking world and then three and four was like, eh, okay, like this isn't good, but like it's not bad. Nothing's really happening. And then episode five, just like, I was like so fucking shook. <laughs> I covered episodes one and two with Lisa a few weeks ago and like her and I just message back and forth now and it's just literally our message chain is just like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god like it's just us being like what the absolute fuck like just one word like we're speechless we we don't know what else to say other than like oh my fucking god there's been so many good TikToks and so many good memes that have come out of this season so if it's all for nothing except for those like I will hold those dearly as I go to sleep at night anyways Carrie gets like a rando like the most Randy Jackson fucking storyline C level storyline that I've ever heard of was Carrie getting hip surgery it was just such like it was so fucking boring I wanted to FF during those scenes and that means fast forward not like something else but like I wanted to ff so bad because it was like I don't care also why are they treating these ladies (laughs) these women who are 55 55 and 54 like Miranda and Carrie are 55 Charlotte is 54 why are they treating them that like they're geriatrics Like, everything's like, my back hurts. I have to pee. I can't hold it. (laughs) And I need a hip surgery, which maybe the reality for for people in their 50s and like maybe hip surgery is the reality of a person who lived for like 30 years in like six inch high heels but it was just so fucking boring and when I call it c-level plot I mean like there's usually the a plot between the main characters the b plot is like the rob kardashian story no honestly the b plot is like the kendall and kylie storyline and then the c plot is the Rob Kardashian storyline. So that's what I mean by that. And sorry if I just like mansplained A, B, and C plots to you. Uh, I believe that you knew what those were. There's just this Taylor Cotter, great follow on Twitter, also mentioned this. Like, why are they peeing in every fucking episode? And why am I talking about them peeing on every episode? I don't think I've ever said the P word on this podcast. But it's like, Harry was peeing and then the model whose name I'm forgetting that was married to big the ex-wife sorry to this lady sorry to this woman I don't know who this woman is whatever the Kiki Palmer meme is I can't think of it right now but she was peeing in like a coffee shop and Carrie walked in on her and then Carrie was peeing in her diet Snapple peach iced tea or whatever bottle when Miranda and Che were (laughs) going at it in the kitchen which I have read a lot of flack on this scene and while I think It's so disrespectful for Miranda to get wasted and then hook up with someone when your friends in the other room and you're in their kitchen and it's the middle of the day like this isn't a dorm where (laughs) you have two twin beds in a single room (laughs) like you know where I'm going with this anyways I think that was so disrespectful but I actually didn't hate it I thought it was like a good scene I think that they have really good chemistry when Miranda isn't being so fucking cringe calling herself Rambo that was literally the worst part of this scene and then when Che isn't like always trying to be like super inspirational with their story which like I love but Che there's a time and a place and it's not your stand-up comedy set anyways I actually didn't mind it I I'm sure I'm gonna get like I'm sure million, <laughs> millions of people are turning off the podcast right now Uh, the millions of RTBP listeners but I actually didn't mind it the things I was just thinking about is like it doesn't make sense for Miranda to be doing this because they had that whole Steve cheating storyline and I'm like maybe the writers as same with me do not think that the movies are canon but Miranda was like devo when Steve cheated on her and now she's cheating on him she's like I'm unhappy I'm obviously spiraling I'm like yeah but that doesn't mean you can treat people like shit. Like I fucking hate when people blame their like mental health or them being unwell on like being an asshole. Like yes, when I am <laughs> depressed, am I like a bad friend? Like sometimes, like I'm MIA, etc. So like I guess I kind of get that. But like when you're unwell, you don't cheat on your partner. Like is what I'm saying. Especially your husband of like a million years. I actually think this would have been a really interesting storyline for Charlotte. In the series, we saw Charlotte just dying to find her happily ever after with her like trust fund husband to be like a yuppie Park Avenue housewife or whatever no shade that sounds fucking amazing to me (laughs) but I think it would be so interesting if she was like I had the happily ever after I had the kids I live on Park Ave etc and I'm not happy and I'm spiraling and I cheat on someone or I'm exploring my sexuality or whatever I just Feel like that would be so fascinating. The Miranda storyline just seems weird. It just seems fucking weird to me. Anyways, I am going to be recapping and chatting about episodes three to 10 in February when the season ends. So we have all of the information with a very special guest. I'm really teasing you this episode. So stay tuned for that. I'm very, very excited. Hey, let's get into the meat and potatoes of. Of this episode. Emily in Paris. I want to use a lot of French in this. I didn't think those are the words that were going to come out of my mouth. I was gonna say I love to hate this uh, season but I also do want to like speak en français as the Canadian that I am. Emily in Paris is doing something like the chokehold it has on people is wild because it is like objectively a bad tv show the plot points don't make sense slash is there plot points the styling is absolutely insane and there's so many unrealistic things which i always say this about other shows i'm like we want unrealistic it's covid we can't travel so like we want that shit and then like on this show i'm like this is unrealistic that she has designer clothes and is a bottom of the barrel marketing agent or whatever she is, we contain multitudes. Anyways, people just love to hate it, so I'm gonna talk a little bit about that. Post season one, there was like think pieces and vice articles. I don't know if that was the right medium, but like there was Vanity Fair articles and just so many tweets, memes, TikToks about Emily in Paris. What was like so bad, and then like what was so good, which was basically just how hot Gabrielle was in. Season season 2 he continued to be stupidly hot there was also big golden globes nomination drama so again everyone hated it but everyone watched it anyways and then it was nominated for a golden globe didn't look up which one that was but the people were outraged and then later it was found out that the production team or management or whatever of Emily in Paris flew out the golden globe like voters or i don't know people that make the nominees or whatever to set and had them stay in like a bougie fucking hotel in Paris and just basically butter them up for the nomination so they were under fire for that and again they were just kind of dragged everywhere you would go on the internet but it kind of fueled the show into season two so why do I like it purely escapism for sure I feel like everyone has had the dream of you know doing a abroad or living abroad somewhere whether that's Europe or elsewhere and just like falling in love wearing fancy clothes having cool experiences and documenting it on social media where you become an influencer. So that is a very specific dream and one that I hold. <laughs> so like I love this show. The travel aspect is absolutely amazing. They film on location in Paris in very like well-known areas like Jardin du Luxembourg and Jardin de Tuileries or something like that. Like they're always in a location that you would see if you traveled to Paris or you have seen when you went to Paris and you just like die a little bit inside that that's not you there (laughs) the third thing is that the cast is so fucking hot like Lily Collins looks like Audrey Hepburn reincarnate which like I think is one of the most beautiful people in the entire world like she just has timeless beauty Gabrielle is I wrote in my outline, stupid gorgeous, like just stupid gorgeous. Same with Camille and like just the whole cast, Elfie, the new guy, like it's just like the hottest cast ever. So that's the last thing I'll say. There was tons of criticism in common that people talked about from season one. First were the clothes. And in this season, I honestly think that Emily's clothes seemed somehow worse, or that I just noticed it way more. And I wrote in my outline Am I a Le bleu," which I think means like loser, or am I Ringard? Why did I roll my art like I was in Spain? Am I Ringard, or which means tacky if you haven't watched the show, or does she look cool? And I think it's that she does not look cool. It's very, and I've said this before, Patricia Fields because that is the stylist of the show who did sex in the city the series original series and it's just so bad it's like you put on four mismatching patterns a fucking heinous beret or like what are those caps (laughs) caps oh my god I sound like I'm fucking 95 what are those hats uh that Gen Z wears bucket hats which honestly if you are fucking lily collins and you can't pull off a bucket hat that's when you know you have to retire bucket hats just for the entire world i know that it's supposed to be like commentary on how americans would think to dress when they were living in paris versus like the contrast of sylvie and camille in their like fucking chic neutrals looking just to die for And I know that's the point, but it still drives me absolutely insane. Then the other common criticism was that there was not enough French because Emily doesn't speak French. So when she's in the room, obviously they have to speak English, maybe some Franglish, which I tried to make happen in high school and just it really did not take off. So I've moved on to Spanglish, but that's besides the point. When Emily's there, they have to speak English. But In season one, we saw a lot of the French characters by themselves speaking English, like between Antoine and Sylvie, or Gabrielle and Camille. And we know that they would be speaking French, obviously, if if Emily wasn't there. And they actually did that. I think that there was like one conversation that wasn't like that in the whole season, because trust me, I was looking. But the rest of them were actually in French. So I'm happy that they change that okay here's my biggest bone that I have to pick with season two it is the exact same plot lines from season one until you get to like episode eight of ten if there even was ten there might have only been eight but till you get to the like very very back half of the season the plot lines are exactly the same let me spell it out for you Emily and Gabrielle will they won't they flirting in like the stairwell and at his restaurant and stuff like that Emily being conflicted Gabrielle being less conflicted but still conflicted at times no French she still speaks no French she starts to try but like barely and there are haha language mistakes like her not knowing like what fucking I don't know like you know how she was like her shower broke and she didn't know the word for shower broken or whatever and she had to go outside in her towel there's like Those kinds of like LOL language mistakes. So, same, same. Mindy, conflict with her dad, but the only thing that really happened with her dad is that she found out he was in France, should I say, and didn't visit her, slash, singing. People finding out she was on a TV show and flopped. Literally no other plot. She sung like literally one song per episode. And I'm like, she has a gorgeous voice and I love listening to her sing, but it's like, give her. Fucking more. She had a boyfriend for a little bit. Happy for her. I like him. He's cute and seems nice. But yeah, no pot. Same, same. Gabrielle being a fucking flake. Again, spoilers. He is will they, won't they. Emily finally makes up her mind, goes to tell Gabrielle, and he moves in with Camille. Same old, same old as season one. Does Sylvie like her or hate her should she start a new permanent life in Paris or should she go back to Chicago same old same old the new things let's talk about those uh Elfie he's a bad student so I didn't really like him I hate that that's really nerdy of me but like fuck I would try so hard in those classes he was cute super fucking hot the thing where he went to the restaurant when he lost his phone or Emily had it in the jacket she borrowed from him was fucking cute but then I was also like find my phone exists this was filmed in like 2020 2021 it's like you would just go on find my phone and then press like the thing that makes it beep so it's like you wouldn't have to do that or you send the text to phone being like you have my phone please meet me at your apartment or something like that anyways that was annoying he moves back to london will she move to london with him or continue their relationship i don't see it there was no influencer storyline i think she literally took one picture in Saint tropez and got a million likes and then there's literally no mention of her going to influencer events or vlogging or posting anything else and like please correct me if i'm wrong but i was like literally where was that storyline Another thing that I was annoyed about, where did Zaddy, (laughs) where did Zaddy, (laughs) fuck I can't say that with a straight face, I can't say that without laughing, but where is Antoine, he was like literally one of the main characters like on the main cast in season one, he shows up in like episode eight and I just miss his vibes. He, I think, contributed a lot of intrigue. He was like pursuing Emily at the end of season one. That's why it was like conflicting for her because he had invested in Gabrielle's restaurant so I just don't understand that he's like fucking fully MIA from season two and again if he isn't supposed to be in season two that's fine but there's no explanation like it just does not explain anything uh we find out Sylvie dates younger man has an estranged husband so She's obviously not with Antoine anymore but like where is the explanation of or continuity with any of these storylines seriously. The next big thing before I get to like the real nitpicky parts Madeline comes to Paris Super prego when the fucking entire thesis or whatever hinges on the fact that she cannot go to Paris to work and Emily has to go. So that was like annoying as fuck. And they tried to make her tacky and like disgusting and gross because she was like constantly eating because she was pregnant and like sucking on her fingers. And it's like you cannot make Addison Shepherd tacky even if you tried. And they tried so hard and why were they doing that like why I guess I am answering my own question here they are doing this to make her look like the worst choice so Emily goes with and works with Sylvie but it was just it seemed for some reason like really misogynistic and I don't know it was just another point on my Darren Star hates women like little tally that I've got going on because pregnant women don't Pregnant people don't do that. They truly, truly don't. And it was just fucking annoying. Like, yeah, do pregnant people have cravings and maybe eat some weird food combos or eat more than they normally would? Yes. But are they constantly like draining the remnants of a chip bag into their mouths with their feet on someone's desk like no absolutely not I brought up the part one of the big cliffhanger which is is she going to continue to work with Madeline and then return to Chicago or is she going to stay in Paris and work with Sylvie and I think That she's obviously gonna stay in Paris. That's why she runs to Gabrielle. And I'm actually very excited for season three. As much as I'm shitting on this show, just like I said about season one, I'm somehow fucking addicted. So I just, I'm again waiting on pins and needles for season three. And I'm excited to see. What comes of this show because part of the joie de vie, I think that's a term, of being away for a year is just like the impermanence of your actions, which is what Sylvie talks about all the time. And now it'll be real life. So um it will just be interesting because she just won't have that kind of really carefree attitude, maybe that she had in season one and season two. Part two of the cliffhanger is Gabrielle ends up with Camille. Camille moves in with Gabrielle he is getting a lot of heat online for being a fuck boy and yes I agree that he's a fuck boy he literally cheated on his girlfriend wasn't transparent with her like blah 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 but I don't actually see it being super unrealistic that they would move in together and maybe I will end up getting a lot of heat for this but it's like it seems like The only reason and maybe I'm just remembering this wrong but that they broke up is because he you know saw something new and shiny with Emily and then she fully shut the door with that so he I don't want to say moved on or like went back to Kimmy which I guess is what he did and I don't think he necessarily sees her as like a second choice I think he does love her so I don't know. But I'm sure that they'll break up again and Emily and Gabrielle will get back together. Only a matter of time. Okay, I'm going to read you a quote from a Vanity Fair article that I read about Emily in Paris that I really liked that I thought really encapsulates Emily in Paris, but also something that I feel like is really interesting as well. And then again, we'll get to my nitty gritty bones that I have to pick. So this quote says, One person's Justin Bieber fandom doesn't threaten another's enjoyment of Bach. One person's deep dish pizza does not detract from another's trout Amandine. Those who forgo pop music and pizza may feel superior, but Emily in Paris shrugs at such snobbery. When the shrug is executed with the vim and fluffiness of Star's cast, the feeling is revelatory and it also creates dissonance. Now that I've read that out loud, <laughs> I don't know why I wanted to include it in this episode um might edit that out in the editing process but I don't know I just thought like it was interesting that it's like you can fucking like high-end stuff and low-end stuff and that's what makes people interesting I think that's why I like that I don't even know if the quote meant that but I think that just more people feel that instead of just being like on one end or the other okay quickly moving on so we can just like forget that, <laughs> that ever happened anyways first episode someone is named roman instead of romaine like they say on selling sunset that was like clear as day I wrote that was the first thing I wrote down when when I was writing notes about this season two her scooter moment was like iconic because ever since Lizzie McGuire like the Lizzie McGuire movie every girl has dreamed of a scooter moment in Europe so I just love that but also it was like there's fucking no way you could drive there it's like absolutely insane three they fucking were promoting Pelotech which is a spinoff of Peloton which is just so ironic because like I just hate when people do that like oh this is (laughs) me I'm fucking unhinged this is so embarrassing but it's like oh this is mcdonald's and it's like no we know you just mean like mcdonald's anyways it's weird because darren star is the creator of sex in the city and just like that and emily in paris and we of course know the role peloton had to play in the end just like that episode one and two with Big's downfall so it's just so funny that they couldn't get the Peloton deal for Emily in Paris but they did for Sex and the City so what's with that and that is it that is my recap of Emily in Paris season two did you watch it did you like it did you have the same bones that you had to pick please let me know I would love to continue to talk about it or I would j'adore <laughs> just keep talking about it I think that means does that mean I love you or I adore you or just I love I don't know I would adore you to message me about the season moving on to Selling Tampa season one I really liked this show I think it is a strong contender for just expanding the Selling Sunset universe the cinematic universe which I love so Going over some of the big storylines. The first one that just like was so shocking and sad was Joanna getting divorced and not telling anyone. I just felt for her like I felt that was so real and just such a common fear of people and she just vocalized it so beautifully and when Sherelle cried I just like absolutely lost it so thanks Shawna, for sharing your story with us Anne and Colony are so fucking funny they talk about the ick factor with guys which has also been coming up online a lot which is just like when a guy will do something like so small but you just lose absolutely every interest of them because of the Factor—it's kind of unexplained—and they're just so funny. They 100% carry the show. Rena got her broker's license and was toiling with the idea of starting her own brokerage and honestly I am totally on Rena's side it's so fair to ask questions at work and having a culture where it's not okay to ask questions or like question authority in a respectful way is a regimen that I do not respect I think it's like Kind of oppressive, and it's totally fair to ask questions, especially when it comes to something as big as changing your pay from a 95.5 cut to like I think it was 85.15. Like that's huge. So I like that she stood up for herself and on behalf of other people. The other big storyline was Sherelle getting pregnant. And I just wanted to put out a question to the RTBP listeners. Do you think that the pregnancy announcement actually happened on the show like that? Or do you think that they refilmed it? And why do you think that they could get Sherelle's fiance to discuss it on FaceTime, but they couldn't film it IRL when she sees him every three days in Miami? It just seemed super, super weird. The next big storyline was that Alexis was fired and I was really sad about this. So another question for you all. Do you think she comes back in season two if there is going to be a season two and she's like back on her... A game, or do you think that this is like the end for Alexis? Do you think that she was fired for her real estate performance, or do you think she was just like not bringing much to the show? That was another just like question I had that I want to talk about. There was some major similarities between selling Sunset and selling Tampa. Of course, the music was just absolutely wild. I really want to do an impression of it, but I just I can't muster the confidence and courage it would take to do that. Because I know that I'm the bitch editing this. But like it's just the most insane music about like being a bad bitch. And not taking no for an answer. And just like being A-list and stuff like that. Um, I saw a tweet from one of my favorite comedians, Caleb Heron being like the biggest compliment for music is to have it featured on insecure the biggest insult for music is having it featured on selling sunset and we could say the same about selling tampa it is so bad but also so good at the same time the second similarity is like literally they do not sell any houses Like, I don't think they closed one deal. And it's kind of like the same with selling Sunset, where it's like they sold two houses in this like 10 episode season. So, is that something that you care about? Like, are you actually there for like the financial transactions? Or do you just want the drama and that is like here's a little callback a c plot line let me know and then my last kind of question and it's kind of a similarity kind of not but like do you think that this show increases or decreases their real estate business for allure and the oppenheim group like do you think that rich people are seeking out their company to sell their house or are they like this is so embarrassing because it's like either like things are poorly managed or you're like drama queens or you're looking messy on tv you don't want to be represented by them or are they like oh this is like kind of cool and fun I'm going to call the o group to sell my house. I'm assuming the answer is going to be it decreases like real estate business, so that's why I'm like why do they go on these shows? But maybe you have a different take. Some of the major differences um this show actually seemed decently real and not staged. I feel like selling sunset has just become so fucking staged and I think that this is actually like we could do an anthropological study on how reality seasons when the cast like isn't famous and it's like season one or two is really good really real or as real as it can be I think of Laguna Beach in the hills like the first one to two seasons are so good same with Siesta Key and then they get famous and it influences the show, and it becomes really fake and staged. And people make up storylines like Christine Quinn, like literally made up storylines for the season. And like, we love her for it because otherwise, nothing would have happened on Selling Sunset. But I just think that this seemed so much more real in comparison. And I hate when shows, yeah, become really popular and then they know kind of how how to play the game and I think this is the same we could say for The Bachelor people now like there's literally a book from the game of roses people about how to win The Bachelor so it's just like the OG seasons of these types of shows are just so much better small thing but important thing, I fucking hate when people on TV are like, yeah, so I arranged a small trip to Miami for all of us to go. It's like, no, the TV show did it. Everyone knows like it's all on your like shooting schedules <laughs> like this happens in Siesta all the time where like Sam will be like so anyways Juliet and I booked us a house like a mansion in like the Caribbean and it's like no y'all knew and then they act surprised, and it's like y'all knew you were going there because MTV or Netflix have bought your ticket you have your call sheet you have your filming times like anyways so annoying but I know they have to do that but it's just so annoying okay (laughs) another difference there's no standout person like Christine Quinn they all kind of bring it And I think that's another thing that made this season so good is everyone brought interesting storylines. Whereas in Selling Sunset, like let's be real, it is literally just Christine running the show and it would be so boring without her. So I like that it's just way more balanced. I also like that they sit at a fucking table for the meetings they're not squished like eight women on a two-seater couch like what the fuck I don't know that just annoys me okay and then the last thing of like the biggest difference is the houses are just like way worse they're like equally or more expensive and like all waterfront which is like gorgeous just not like on gorgeous properties but they're all like old and not updated and not super modern um I noticed that some of the real estate agents would be like they're eclectic but we can change that and it's like yeah that means tacky like if someone tells you your style or your house is eclectic they're being shady and sorry (laughs) if you did not know that before this podcast last thing one earnest thing is just that it is Uh, an amazing show it is a full cast of women of color Sherelle started a brokerage that is all women of color and i just love that she is creating that space for her and the other real estate agents and then last funny thing is that they say put something on my calendar all the time and I start working two days and you better believe I will be telling bitches to put something on my calendar. It is iconic. It says what it needs to say. It's just giving the energy that I want to give in 2022. Okay, let's wrap up with a This Week in Petty. Kind of a boring one, kind of a cop out This Week in Petty, but I'm just petty about like the days after Christmas has anyone had like just like a I was gonna say a ball bust in good time who the fuck am I (laughs) like oh my god I don't know where that came from but like just the 27th to the 30th is just like those days disappear and I know people talk about this online and I'm not trying to be like quirky like about it but it's just like I ate so much cheese chocolate played so many games stayed inside I think I left the house once per day to walk our dog I say our dog my sister's dog I was sleeping on an air mattress in my childhood home And I feel like it's the same every single year. And I'm like kind of petty about it. Those days just absolutely disappear. It was just me and my sisters running around the house, literally being like, I know something you don't. I know something you will never know. And that's going to be brutal to edit. But like, I swear to God, I was at Safeway and I yelled like material girl, like multiple times, like out loud. (laughs) It's so bad. So anyways, uh, yes, I was on TikTok. Learning those fucking addictive sounds. I was eating my weight in cheese and chocolate. I was playing board games and like word games. I was messaging like everyone that I've ever met in my entire life and I did not leave the house. This sounds actually not so bad when I say it out loud, but those days literally just disappeared. I think that's the part I'm petty about. Anyways, I'm also petty about New Year's resolutions. I haven't set one in I think in two years and honestly I've come to the realization that I basically only like being on this earth from june to december of every year january to may maybe january to april is just like a fucking wash but this year i'm not setting a resolution but i did make a 2022 mood board so i didn't want to set stringent goals and then disappoint myself i don't want to set resolutions because i just think it's like capitalistic I hate myself so much I just think it's like I don't know I don't need to change <laughs> no, I, no I do drastically but like I just don't want to set like an annoying resolution is all I'm gonna say so I made a mood board and I yeah I didn't want to make like were like goals written out I just put some pictures together so if you want to see my 2022 mood board let me know and I'll post it on socials the last thing I'm petty about is Omicron the only person that is enjoying Omicron and now that I'm saying it I'm like there's no n in it <laughs> it is 100% Omicron but I wrote omni in my notes <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. The only person that is enjoying Omicron. I, I'll, I'm i never going to be able to say this. <laughs> I say it every day when I'm having normal conversations with people in my life. But for some reason, just when I have the mic in front of me, I can't say it. Let's just call it Omi for short. The only people, the only singular person that is enjoying Omi right now is fucking Omarion. He has never had so much internet fame in his entire career I will say he did make a TikTok addressing it which is the right move but he just said stay safe and I was like babe you could have said get vaxxed and wear a mask and like been a superhero not even a superhero just like a good person but instead you decided not to say that but it's like he's the only one that's having a good year with this I was pretty sad I'm pretty fucking devo about another variant and I'm not even gonna talk about Florona or whatever the fuck that one's called I'm giving that one no time of day so I just wanted to say if you were as devo as me take care of yourself try something new that's something that I learned to you know fight those pandemic blues get a puzzle or try a new route for your daily walk or I don't know make those neural connections <laughs> in your brain once again try the peppermint mocha coffee coffee creamer instead of your regular hazelnut I don't know try something new take care of yourself more more than just a bubble bath or a face mask seek therapy or connect with a friend or do something that is really good for your mental health and I've seen a lot of optimism online so that is rare um and I'm gonna try to harness that as I move through january because i haven't been super feeling like that so i'm hoping that it'll kind of wear off on me okay friends we have another fun year of podcasts ahead thank you so much for listening thank you for making my 2021 extra special the podcast is literally the light in my life so i appreciate it so much a final parting 2021 gift you can do for me is leaving me a rating and review on apple podcasts or if you listen on spotify leaving a rating it helps me climb the charts and find new listeners of the pod so i can keep creating fun content and having great guests if you are not already follow along with me on all socials at rtbp podcast and let me know what you want to hear about next i hope you are safe and healthy out there As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I'm ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.